I am Barrington Brennan, counseling psychologist and marriage and family therapist with your daily relationship nugget. Today, I'm giving part two of the topic Habits of Successful Couples. Remember the last time, the first three habits, there are six habits, the first three habits are avoiding a judgmental attitude, habit number two, finding the understandable part, and habit number three, identifying the underlying needs, values, and worries. I like to remind you that these habits were discovered after heavy research for about 20 years. I believe it was, reading Dr. Atkins, uh, Atkinson's report. Uh, cameras were placed in every room in the home of these hundreds of couples. Upon their agreement, except the bathroom, and they observed their behavior over several, over at least 10 or 20 years, and they came up with these findings. So these are, and there's over cross-culture, many cultures, many colors of people and languages. Now, here is habit number four. Giving and asking for equal regard. Repeat that again. Giving and asking for equal regard. Many of my couples talk about lack of respect in the relationship. The following habit will speak directly to that. Note carefully that regard is more than superficial understanding of the word respect. It is deep concern, care, and sympathy. This is what Dr. Atkins says. The most successful intimate partnership operate like democracies. One person, one vote. In a democratic society, when people go to cast their votes, there is no obligation to prove that their reasoning is good enough for their votes to count. Their opinion count as much as anyone's, regardless of what anyone thinks of their reasoning. That's the same in successful intimate relationships. Successful partners are willing to give and take, regardless of whether they agree with each other or not. The willingness to give equal regard doesn't necessarily come at the front end of an argument. In fact, sometimes, Dr. Atkinson said, when researchers look at the arguing style of partners destined to succeed, they can't distinguish them from the partners destined to fail. The differences only become clear later, after each partner had exhausted his or her efforts to convince the other. Both successful and unsuccessful partners often argue vigorously for their own point of view and show little regard for their partner's viewpoint during the argument. However, listen carefully, in the end, successful partners are willing to count their companion's opinion and preferences as much as their own. Relationship studies clearly suggest that if you want the kind of love and respect from your partner that most of us would like to have from our partners. When you disagree, you won't try to trump your partner's feelings or priorities with your own. Studies suggest that there's a line you simply can cross in relationships and get away with. And that line involves winning at the expense of your partner. The bottom line is, if you want your partner to treat you well, you need to be willing to count the feelings as much as your own. Even, actually, especially 
in situations where the stakes are high and you feel strongly about your position. Willingness to give equal regard is a fundamental requirement for having a satisfying relationship. If you, want, if you aren't willing to compromise with your own partner in areas where you disagree, you'll be putting yourself squarely in the company of people who rarely get the kind of love and respect from their partners that they would like to have. Studies suggest that if you're not willing to give equal regard, any attempt to get more respectful treatment from your partner will be faulty. Here is habit number five. I just shared habit number four, giving and asking for equal regard. Now, habit number five, offering assurance. If you need to read this over and over, it's good. Dr. Atkinson skillfully addressed this habit. One thing is clear from research on intimate relationships, and I've observed this too. Arguments don't have to be pretty in order to be productive. You heard that? Arguments don't have to be pretty in order to be productive. In fact, they can be downright ugly without causing lasting negative consequences. Studies reveal that partners destined to succeed are often defensive, bullheaded, and unresponsive to their partners. The difference is that after failed argument, partners who succeed in their relationships are often effective at repairing the damage, whereas partners destined to fail are far less successful at repair. This finding of vast importance is very because it means that partners who want to succeed don't necessarily need to do better in the first round of arguments. It is more important to be good at repairing than avoiding getting off track in the first place. Researchers have found that there is a wide variety of methods that people can use to repair the damage of previous relationships. Yet, it is difficult to find any single method that works all the time. A self-depreciating comment might work well on one occasion, but the same sort of comment in another situation might make things worse. Even apologies are surprisingly unreliable in their reparative effect. That said, over the years, one method has emerged as more reliable than others in successfully repairing damage done during previous arguments. The offering of specific forms of assurance. After failed argument, people who possess this skill begin by asking themselves, did my partner think I was saying that he was wrong or out of line in some way? Or did my partner think I was saying that my opinion or preferences should count more than his or hers? When arguments have gone poorly, the answer to these questions is almost always yes. The most powerful thing can be done at this point is to simply offer one or two kinds of assurance. So now, here is habit number six. Habit number six. Remember I gave six, five habits so far? Avoiding a judgmental attitude, finding the understandable part, identifying the underlying needs, values, and worries, and giving and asking for equal regard. And habit number five, Offering assurance. Here's the last habit, habit number six. And I just love it, just to read it. Listen to it. Standing up for yourself 
without making a big deal about the fact that you had to. Oh, that's so sweet. Let me read it for you. Standing up for yourself without making a big deal about the fact that you had to. Now, this habit is really a great one. Many of us could never fully articulate this in clear words, but when reading Dr. Atkinson says there is an, an ah, that's it response. And you cannot have this success unless the five habits discussed before are all in place. They are important predictors of the relationship success. But unless the person also has the sixth habit, that's standing up for yourself without making a big deal about the fact that you had to, it's unlikely that he or she will be able to continue implementing the first five over time. On any given day, it's possible that, in spite of one's effort to have a good attitude and willingness to work cooperatively, one's partner may not return the same kind of generosity or cooperativeness. Studies suggest that this happens in most relationships at times, and the ability to react effectively when it happens is not optional. It's one of the core requirements for having a successful relationship. People who are effective at these moments require that their partners make some adjustments in their attitudes and actions, but they do it in a way that makes it easy for their partners to make the adjustments. They know how to stand up for themselves without putting their partners down. Successful people realize that it does no good to persist in attempts to be reasonable with someone who isn't willing to be able to be reasonable with them. I hope these words were helpful for you. This has been your Daily Relationship Nugget. I'm Barrington Brennan, keeping a smile on your heart. <laughs>